hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that can be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, Mother's Day almost here, so deliver all the moms in your life a beautiful smile and bouquet at 1-800-Flowers.com. And right now, when you order a dozen multicolored roses for $29.99, well, our friends at 1-800-Flowers, they will give you another dozen plus a vase absolutely free. Just go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio icon, put in my last name, Hannity. All right, glad you're with us. Sean Hannity Show. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. It's 800-941-SEAN. Media continues its utter, complete meltdown, tinfoil uh, hat conspiracy theories that emerge. This is going to backfire. Let me just give you the bottom line. This, There's no there there, and this is going to backfire. A lot is being made. Oh, the interview. I saw it on the Drudge Report today. And this is Lester Holt interviewing Donald Trump at the White House earlier this afternoon. And let's play some of that interview. It's been in turmoil. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. You take a look at the FBI a year ago. It was in virtual turmoil less than a year ago. It hasn't recovered from that. Monday, you met with the Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein. Right. Did you ask for recommendations? Uh, What I did is I was going to fire 
Comey. My decision. It was not. You had made the decision before they came. Uh, I, I was going to fire Comey. Uh, I, there's no good time to do it, by the way. Uh, they they were around. Accepted, accepted their recommendation. Yeah, well, they you also had already made the decision. I, oh, I was going to fire regardless of recommendation. So they, he made a recommendation. He's highly respected. Very good guy. Very smart guy. Uh, the Democrats like him. The Republicans like him. Uh, he made a recommendation. But regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. For good reason. Why should, and well, then Donald Trump says in the interview, well, yeah, I asked him if I was under investigation. By the way, uh, I see that Senator Grassley also, I mean, with all this talk, well, are you investigating the president? Well, we have Clapper, we have Admiral Rogers, we have all these people on tape repeatedly saying that there is no evidence that the Trump campaign in any way colluded with the Russians in the lead up to the election. None whatsoever. The one crime we do know happened and that is was against General Michael Flynn. But they want to go after Flynn. They want to prosecute Michael Flynn. It is I've never seen an upside down backwards world like I'm now seeing today. And the fact that the left is so completely and utterly unhinged and devoid of any sense of of reality right now is mind numbing. These are challenging times we're living in. And I think one of the biggest outrages to come out of uh, the testimony of Sally Yates and James Clapper this week when they were asked about the illegal intelligence leaks of the media, Grassley wanted to know, had the FBI questioned either of them about how those leaks happened? In the case, we know unmasking. Well, all right, we can accept incidental surveillance. All right, if they're surveilling the Russian ambassador and General Flynn is talking to his soon-to-be counterpart and they're having a discussion, incidental surveillance of Flynn is okay, it's acceptable. You don't need a FISA court warrant or any other court warrant to do so. But as soon as you know it's an American, you're supposed to minimize the the conversation unless they're talking about something untoward, which wasn't happening. And then, of course, then you've got after the unmasking, then you've got the leaking of intelligence, a felony, a violation of the Espionage Act. Now, both Clapper and Yates, when asked about how these leaks happen, you know, said, well, and whether the FBI had asked them about it, they said no. How do they say no to that? You know, it turns out the FBI's failure to probe those leaks, which was the only actual crime that we know to come from the Russiagate investigation. Media, pay close attention. Try and keep up with some level of truth here. The only crime we know that was committed in this case, a violation of Felony Espionage Act, and the only one we know. And it played a big part, by the way, in Trump's decision to fire Comey. And the AP confirms this today, that the president told those close to him Comey had allowed the Bureau's investigation to play out in the press. He hadn't done enough to stop leaks about it, and he's not even doing his job. As we have pointed out, all of the crimes and felonies committed, overwhelming, incontrovertible evidence, Hillary Clinton, email server, circumventing Congress, top secret information, special access program information in a mom and pop shop bathroom closet, all illegal. And I also forgot the destruction of all the blackberries and the lies that were told, oh, I only use one device, and I wanted to consolidate everything into one device. What do you use? Well, I use an iPad, an iPhone, a BlackBerry, and then we hear about the destruction of Blackberries and people taking hammers to Blackberries so they get all the information off the Blackberries. 
And never mind the fact that you're not allowed to erase on your own 33,000 emails. And then you lie about that when you say, well, it has to do with with yoga, a wedding, a funeral, and my, my email correspondence with my husband who doesn't have an email account and doesn't email. Anyway, so those these simmering frustrations leading up to, in the case of, of so many different issues, the president has no choice here. If the FBI director has been politicized, vacillating, seems very consumed with himself, yet for the for the love of equal justice under the law and the ability of this agency to function at its proper level and serve the American people, it's not possible with somebody like this. Now, I'll never forget, I mean, I have friends of mine that are in the FBI, people I love dearly and respect enormously because of the work that they do. And I remember I was at an event, it was a, a bat mitzvah for a friend of mine's daughter, and I was a, a, an FBI friend of his, and I were talking for quite a long period of time, and I said, well, how are the rank and file responding to what Comey did with the 13-minute lead-up and... We know that the legal standard was gross negligence and, you know, 13 minutes he's talking about extreme carelessness. Somebody tell me the difference between gross negligence and extreme carelessness as it relates to emails with Hillary and top secret information. On top of everything, we know that five foreign intelligence agencies were able to acquire top secret information and how the rank and file were responding to this. And they said it's dreadful. They were embarrassed. They were humiliated about all of this. So the failure to probe the leaks, the one crime was a big issue. That was a big shocker that nobody in the media paid attention to this week. You know, one other thing that nobody in the media has really picked up on yet. Comey's firing could very well open the door now to Hillary Clinton being prosecuted. And this is regardless of what Donald Trump has stated publicly. And it would, no, he said one thing during the campaign, drain the swamp, the crowds would shout, lock her up. And he said, I just, uh, I don't want to be responsible for, for bringing any harm to her. But it's not his choice. He should have no say in this whatsoever. But it's now a really real possibility here. And it looks like, you know, payback can be a bitch, as they say, in life or real hell in life. But suddenly it looks like payback might be on the horizon. Now, our Catherine Herridge over at Fox News is a headline on, on FoxNews.com. Comey firing could spur new, new review of the Clinton case. Immunity deals, an ex-agent says. And the story goes on to say the president's decision to fire Comey touched off widespread speculation in Washington over what happens to the FBI's Russia meddling probe, but the prospect of new leadership at the Bureau also could hold implications for the closed Hillary Clinton email case. Oh, boy. And by the way, the president said very clearly today he wants to get to the bottom if there was any incident of any Russian involvement or attempt to impact our elections. Now, we've already known that this has happened in past elections. So the fact that it's happened is meaningless to the extent because we've been told repeatedly it didn't impact one vote. Everybody wants to forget that part of it. And then the president went on to say there was zero collusion with his campaign. There was zero collusion with his transition team. And he says, I want a full investigation. Then on top of that, you could add another layer of hypocrisy. And that's a real simple one. And that's Democrats, you know, out there. You know, never saying a word if, if influencing elections of other countries is so horrible. 
Why didn't they say a word or, or utter a peep when Prime Minister Netanyahu was the target of an Obama attempt at influencing the Israeli elections? And in that case, using taxpayer money vis-a-vis the State Department. Anyway, back to the Fox News piece. I'd be surprised if they did not review all the investigations regarding Hillary Clinton and come up with a conclusion regarding prosecution. The statute of limitations has not come into play yet, said an email to Fox News. As for the immunity deals, you know, the immunity they struck with people and let them destroy evidence in the case never happened before. Thank you, James Comey. But it goes on to say that those immunity deals with the government you know, wouldn't change, but he wrote a new AG, a new director of the FBI could take a good look at the entire case. And if anyone who received immunity did not live up to their agreement, like Uma Abedin with the classified documents on her computer, well, that deal is off and they are potential targets once again. There's so many different aspects of this. Now, the president said, well, yeah, I asked Comey, you know, Comey had said to me, he had mentioned three times that on three separate occasions that that Comey told him he wasn't under investigation, and he mentioned, yeah, I, we talked about it three times, once in person, twice on the phone. So what? You're allowed to ask any question you want in this world, and Comey did or didn't have to answer. That's up to him. Now, the media has been running wild with this headline, the fake news in this country, with the breathless headline and reporting that just days before Comey was fired, he had requested an increase in funding for his Russiagate probe, now, the so-called bombshell report is included in virtually every report of Comey's firing today, precisely because it feeds into the narrative that Trump fired Comey because he was getting too close. They were getting too close to a Russia gate smoking gun. Well, it turns out, according to Comey's deputy director, Andrew McCabe, who's now acting director of the FBI, McCabe said today he has no knowledge whatsoever of any funding request by Comey, or for that matter, any actual need for additional funding for the Russia investigation. Now, the Washington Post, they actually buried McCabe's highly inconvenient revelation in the 22nd paragraph, I had to count them, of their coverage of his testimony today before the Senate Intelligence Committee. McCabe did not definitively resolve a dispute over whether Comey asked Uh, This guy, Rosenstein, for more resources. To the contrary to what the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN and NBC want you to think, McCabe completely resolved the dispute. He said, look, he asserted that the Bureau would, quote, resource that investigation adequately. Democrats were saying and the media has been saying that Comey informed lawmakers of such a request. But the Justice Department and the Justice Department denied that one was made. And McCabe said. Well, I'm not aware of any request. It's not consistent with my understanding of how we request additional resources. So it didn't happen. And the media has been running wild with that. You know, so to believe the latest fake news Democratic fantasy, you you have to believe that Comey asked for more funding, but kept his number two guy completely in the dark. And they went out of all normal channels that they would otherwise use to request additional funding because he said it's not consistent with how we request additional resources. So James Comey's right-hand man had no idea of either of these situations because they never happened. And that is the biggest travesty in all of this. You're being lied to. You're being propagandized daily. 
All right, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the extravaganza. All right, Mother's Day is just around the corner. The countdown clock is now ticking. Now, don't miss the opportunity to deliver a huge smile that only comes from 1-800-Flowers.com. Now, this Mother's Day, 1-800-Flowers has beautiful bouquets guaranteed to show all the moms in your life just how much you appreciate them. And right now, when you order a dozen multicolored roses for just $29.99, well, 1-800-Flowers will give you another dozen plus a vase absolutely free. Now, that's 50% off the original price. Roses from 1-800-Flowers are always picked at their peak. They're shipped overnight to ensure maximum freshness. And a dozen multicolored roses, only $29.99, plus another dozen and a vase for free. It's an amazing offer. Now celebrate all the moms in your life with 1-800-Flowers.com to order a dozen multicolored roses plus an extra bouquet and a vase for just $29.99. It's real simple. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio icon, and put in my last name, Hannity. 1-800-Flowers.com, promo code Hannity. Hurry, this offer ends Thursday. You know what the great thing about Twitter is? You have no idea who at any given moment in time might be stalking you or following you or whatever. Bette Midler. What does Bette Midler do now? Is she still doing, I guess, Broadway and singing Wind Beneath My Wings? One of the great all-time classics. Was uh, Anyway, um, she sends out a tweet. This is hilarious. And Hannity says Comey is a national embarrassment because of his erratic behavior. Obviously, he has him mixed up with the per- at POTUS, the president. So I just tweeted her back. I said, hey, Bet, how about a one-on-one debate, one hour, Fox News Channel? We could do it for charity. The topic is, did Hillary Rodham Clinton break laws and lie to the American people? Because fundamentally, isn't that a big part of what this is about here? In other words, did James Comey, for political purposes, which is embarrassing, be very embarrassing if we don't have equal justice under the law. I would imagine that Bette Midler agrees with me on that. I'd imagine that Bette Midler, if this was a Republican and committed multiple felonies, would want to get to the truth and that she probably that she lied about the 33,000 emails she deleted and why she put the email server in a mom and pop shop bathroom closet. And, you know, the spontaneous attack BS that she sold the American people on Benghazi spontaneous. Sure, I know people have spontaneous attacks. They're out demonstrating and they. They decide in the moment right there, let's pull out mortars and RPGs and fire upon the U.S. Embassy. And then we can talk about Hillary Clinton's foundation and how she personally signed off on a deal that gave Vladimir Putin, I'm sure she loves Russia conspiracies, 20% of America's uranium. I think we could talk to her about that. I think that would be a good idea. And uh, so, Pet Midler, I mean, that's it's one of the more interesting things about Twitter. Why are you laughing, Linda? I think those are fair. Why don't we just have a debate? I'll let her. We'll have a, a spirited debate, me and Bette Midler. What do you think? I just want to know how many words you're going to be able to recite from her songs. You're the wind beneath my wings. That's all I know. Is there any other song that she's had as a hit? I'm not exactly a Bette Midler music fan. I'm not really sure. I mean, I haven't heard of her in quite a while. Well, do you do you sing that at weddings anymore? Sadly. <laughs> you don't like it's one of the songs you don't like to sing and it's you, a huge mother son dance terrible oh no is it really yeah that's, it's terrible that's embarrassing it is it? embarrassing that's so embarrassing what's more embarrassing is that i once attended one of her concerts with my mother that's even more embarrassing you're right it you're is right yeah it's very painful all right we'll come back to the other news of the day and ann coulter and much more straight ahead 
All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity, and Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. We got our legal take on everything that has happened here. What do you, do you think that she'd ever come on the program and debate with us on either radio or TV, Linda? No? Well. This is Bette Midler who tweeted out to me. Come on, come on the program. I mean, I, This man. is hilarious, she says. Hannity says Comey's a national embarrassment. Yeah, if you, uh. You have multiple felonies that are committed. He's a national embarrassment. That's not equal justice under the law. When you lay out a stinging rebuke, when the law says gross negligence and the handling of top secret special access program information, when we know it was hacked by five foreign national uh, intelligence agencies, and he says she's extremely careless, and now we're going to play Clintonian word parsing games. I say, all right, so come on my show, one-on-one debate, full hour, Fox News, do it for charity. The question is, did Hillary break any laws in light of the American people? I think that's a fair debate. What do you think? I have to say, I think Ethan had a really good idea. Maybe you should meet her on Broadway, you know? <laughs> you want me to sing I the I think answers? you should go on Broadway. We'll put you in a little outfit, you know? We'll get you up on no, stage. No, no, no. I already did Hannity on Broadway once. I'm not doing it again. I, yeah, this that isn't was Hannity on Broadway. Lifetime. This is uh, debating uh, fact from fiction. Uh, so Michael... Uh, Myers, a good friend of mine, actually writes me. He goes, I'd, I'd pay to be in the audience to watch you debate Bette Midler. And oh, you tell- know what? Maybe you should have a town hall style thing. That would yeah, be nice. I'll do that. We'll do a town hall style. T- town and it can- hall style. Town hall. And it'll be, uh, you know, half Bette Midler supporters and half Hannity supporters. And, you know, wherever the two shall cross. And right, She apparently uh, has other hits from a distance. I think I heard that one. Oh, yeah, that's a beautiful song. The Rose. Rose is a beautiful song. In my life. She's a great singer. Don't get me wrong. She is a very talented lady. About, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying anything bad about her singing. I don't care about her singing. She's just not my cup of tea. The problem with actors and singers is that they should act and sing and stick to what they know. No, when no, they no, start no, talking no, about no, politics, listen, it gets listen, weird. She thinks this is so funny. I'm like, all right, this is such a slam dunk for her. I think she ought to just come on and debate it with me. Um, what's so hard about this? She wants to step into the public arena and go for political opinions, which, by the way, what I do, I'm, I'm all in favor of her saying anything so, she wants to say. I think it should be a quid pro quo. You know, if she's going to give you political opinions, you should give her a song and dance. <laughs> no, I'm not. Get, I, but the difference is I didn't call her out about the way she called me out. I'm not calling her out about her singing Yeah, abilities. but you know how liberals are. You always have to give them more. So maybe if you sweeten the pot. No, 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 no. Well, she's, you know, this is, I will say this. I mean, she's a, a rich liberal. I mean, why doesn't she and her fellow liberals donate all of their, their, their fortunes to charity? Why don't they give it all away to the, 
so poor that they have this monopoly of compassion on that they say the conservatives don't care about at all. I see that uh, Paul Ryan has finally spoken up and he delivered a pretty strong, full-throated, comprehensive defense this morning of the president's decision to fire Comey. And well, let me go back to this, uh, you know, because this is now frustrating me. I guarantee you, Bette Midler does not know anything about the laws that Hillary broke. I guarantee you that she is just a, a fawning supporter. The difference between probably somebody like Bette Midler is I don't think I've been harder on this program than anybody, maybe except Obama and Hillary, but then the Republican Party being weak and timid and feckless and visionless and, you know, they have an inordinate paranoia and fear about doing their job, fulfilling promises and and letting a government shut down if that's what it takes to to fight for the things that you tell the American people. I've been pretty clear about that. And I think she's probably just one of these liberals that thinks that this is unfair, but I don't think she knows the law. I don't think she understands the danger, and I think she's just playing politics. So we'll call her out and see if she comes if She comes on. Now, my guess is Bette Midler is not going to show up. What do you think? Want to take a bet on it? Let's do a poll. Let's do a Hannity poll. And what, what should the – you know, people on Twitter, even when they're making fun of me, I actually get a kick out of it. I, I, you know, people on Twitter are so funny. And especially if you don't have this prism of political correctness where you feign outrage and selective moral outrage and people say something horrible about you. Uh, when is Hannity going to be fired? He's repulsive. Somebody, Kitty Potter writes that on Twitter. I think it's funny that Kitty wants me fired. Why does she want me fired? I wonder if she wants Stephen Colbert fired or Katie Reich on SNL fired. No, of course they don't. Bill Maher fired. Here's another bad one against me. It goes, oh, Shawnee, aren't you freaking out about you on tape, too? You love the guy when, when he went after Hillary. No, I'm not freaking out at all. This guy has become more unhinged daily. First uh, of all, you never loved the guy. You always reported no. it fairly. I did, and I think he's been bad from the beginning. And uh, it's not good for the... Anyway... It just the whole thing about this is everything now is seen through a partisan hate Trump lens, period. We've lost the left has lost any sense of being rational and intellectual. All the things they claim they are. It is so knee jerk. It is so bitter. It is so angry. It is so unhinged, so over the top. There's no there really isn't a way to have an intelligent discussion. I mean, we've been playing now for days people like Chuck Schumer and saying he's lost faith in Comey and Harry Reid saying that Comey should be fired and Nancy Pelosi saying he's not in the right job and all these other people. But it doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter how many deputy attorney generals from going back to the Ford administration through the Obama administration and Eric Holder. I mean, Eric Holder was brutal to James Comey, you know, saying that his decision to, was incorrect, to, you know, violating longstanding Justice Department policies and traditions, and he broke with the fundamental principles negatively affecting public trust in both the Justice Department and the FBI. You know, Comey's failed to explain as, you know, why is the Democratic National Committee, remember they were allowed to just deny access to servers that they had when we were supposed to, supposedly investigating allegations of hacking? Excuse me. Oh, is that allowed to happen? 
I didn't know. Why did they make these these proffer deals or these immunity deals with Clinton people and then allow them to destroy their computers that had evidence on it? Why did he believe the big lie that, well, she was writing 33,000 emails, which she's not allowed to delete on her own, that were about yoga, a wedding, a funeral, and and emailing Bill who doesn't email? How is it she lies about Benghazi and gets away with it? we got four dead Americans. Well, what difference does it make at this point? It makes a big difference if it's your brother, your husband, your family member. Your son, your daughter, your son in this case, not daughter, but your sons in this case. You know, and it did, you had eight days of reopening Hillary Clinton's email server investigation two days before the election, et cetera, et cetera. That, that was his call. And then the back and forth and the public vacillating in the sense of self-importance. And he'll talk about one investigation and he'll set one standard where he's going to say, well, there's no evidence in this case, but I can't give you evidence as it relates to Donald Trump and whether or not Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. And then he's telling all these different people. Then, you know, if I, if I see one more person on, on television, you know, trying and make this comparison to Watergate and the Saturday Night Massacre, you know, this, there's nothing similar here. You know, where there was an attempt in Nixon's case to stop a special prosecutor who was tasked with doing a job and people saying they're not going to do what the president wanted him to do. Then you have a a 94 to 6 Obama appointee, career prosecutor, confirmed an overwhelming bipartisan majority in the Senate who lays out the case, you know, in, in a pretty spectacular and stunning fashion against this guy and and talks at length about the things that he did wrong and his refusal to accept the nearly universal judgment that he was mistaken as it relates to his handling of the conclusion of Hillary Clinton's emails. And he made serious mistakes and how it is not in his purview. It's not in his job description. And he was usurping the power of the attorney general when he went out there and concluded the case when that's not his job. You know, they're all right. They investigate. They send their findings to a federal prosecutor, and then the prosecutor makes up their mind. And even if he does think Loretta Lynch was compromised for having tea on the tarmac with Bill Clinton talking about their grandchildren for 45 minutes, he said there's a well-established process for officials to step in if there is a conflict of interest that requires recusal. So it is, it's, it's not his responsibility to opine on whether a matter should be prosecuted or not. But he would talk about exonerate Hillary, and, and then he would not give a word or a peep saying, well, we don't comment about ongoing investigations as it relates to Republicans. You don't get away with that double standard in life. And you got Chuck Schumer. I mean, again, I go back to Chuck Schumer's comments that he had lost faith in James Comey and Harry Reid wanting Comey fired and Nancy Pelosi saying he's not the right guy for the job. And then they say, well, now we want an independent counsel. Yeah, of course you want an independent counsel. You want anything that's going to keep this obscene, absurd, no evidence, Russia conspiracy alive. Now, doesn't matter that we've had multiple people saying there's no evidence in this case. They had evidence. I'd like to see it. Now, we do have evidence against General Flynn. Nobody seems to care about that. And I tell you, before all is said and done, when all the noise begins to clear... 
and all the breathless reporting on CNN, Jake Tapper, and and all these other news channels, and MSNBC, and NBC, and the New York Times, when all the breathlessness goes away, and they've been able to keep this thing alive for almost a year now, Russia, Russia, no evidence, Russia, Russia, Russia. President fired Comey for Russia, Russia, Russia. No, the, we need equal justice under the law, the equal application of the laws of this country. We need an FBI director that is not torn into pieces and deciding that he will usurp the power of the attorney general and that a guy that is going to actually investigate crimes that we know are committed and apply the laws equally to every American and not stamp, you know, put his stampede all over the Constitution, if you will, stomp on it. You know, then we would, then we would have fairness and equality. But they don't want to do that. But there's all these stories running out there in the Hill and elsewhere today that the FBI director is calling Donald Trump crazy. Well, I thought if you're doing an independent investigation, that would be called being prejudiced, having prejudged the case. You know, the idea that Donald Trump was surveilled by Obama officials. Well, we already know two warrants were given in the lead up to the election. One was a FISA warrant, one was a criminal warrant. And that, in fact, as part of the investigation, they'd actually exonerated anybody in the Trump campaign. And they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. But the reality is we we know that there was surveillance of campaign officials and transition officials. And Rand Paul's now saying he and other lawmakers were surveilled and unmasked. Then in the case of General Flynn, the intelligence, raw intelligence was leaked. His name raked through the mud, violation of a felony of the Espionage Act, and and other Americans might have been caught up in this too. And then we have Sarah Carter and John Solomon. They're all pointing out that the increase is dramatic in 2015 and 16 in an election cycle in terms of the numbers of Americans surveilled and unmasked and the leaking that has gone on. And, And he didn't even ask Sally Yates one question about it. That means he's not pursuing justice when it relates to conservatives. Now, there's no possible rationale or reason to dramatically three times, four times the amount of of surveillance and unmasking of an opposition party candidate and those around him. If you're not using the NSA, not using our intelligence community for nefarious purposes. And in this particular case, the nefarious conduct would be that you're using it to spy on Americans without a warrant, which would be trampling on our Fourth Amendment constitutional rights. Yeah, it's, it's never-ending. You know, what do people care for here? You know, fake news Democrats, they set a new record for false reports. Republicans celebrated health care vote with a beer celebration. Eh. Rape and sexual assault would, be, would not be pre-existing conditions in the GOP health care bill. No. Nah. The FCC is targeting Colbert. No. The White House chief usher was fired over a disagreement with the Trumps. Nope. It just goes on and on. By the way, they don't care about if they cared about truth and not lies. Why is Aetna in a death spiral now abandoning ship on Obamacare? That they're not going to participate in any Obamacare exchange in 2018. Well, so much for keeping your plan, keeping your doctor. And paying $2,500 per family less per year. 
to be clear, you believe it would have been better to keep in place an FBI director who you said had no credibility to oversee this investigation than to find someone who you think would be a better choice? No, but I believe the president thought that. Don't forget, you're talking about what some Democrats said, what I said, but don't forget, he was the president. The president supported him. He had confidence in him. It was his, it, within his power. And but you said he had no credibility, so it, it would seem to I make did. sense that he I, should absolutely. get rid of him. No, 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 no. Under investigation, this president basically has interfered with an investigation where he may be implicated. That's outrageous, and that's why we're having so much of a conversation about it today. Everybody is talking about it because this is highly unusual. The bottom line is that you think an FBI director without credibility would have been best served in this position the bottom to, line to try to is, pursue this I think, investigation. I think if the president, if the president had fired him when he first came in, uh, he would not have to be in a position now where he's trying to make up a story Understood. about why. It does Un not meet the smell test. Understood. So if Hillary Clinton had won the White House, would you have recommended that she fire FBI Director James Comey? Well, let me tell you something. If she had won the White House, I believe that given what he did to her and what he tried to do, she should have fired him. Yes. So she should have fired him, but he shouldn't have fired him. This is why I'm confused. She, no, it's, it's, no, you're not confused. If the president is implicated I, I in an investigation, the president of the United States, who has a history of firing people who get close to, you know, him and his allies, like Flynn and like uh, uh, Miss Yates, he will fire them if he believes somehow they're getting too close to him in these investigations. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity show. That was Maxine Waters being interviewed. That's actually priceless if it's hillary clinton president absolutely we should we should fire james comey he's incompetent and and the way he treated her i guess it's all personal uh the way he treated her is he laid out a stinging indictment where in fact gross negligence was proven and he just used different terms uh about carelessness and here we have an instance where he gives her a break but he she should have fired him but not donald trump if that's not political if that's not insanity I honestly, truly don't know what is. I mean, you have it's it's just fairly incredible times that we're living in here. Carrie Severino is the chief counsel and policy director of Judicial Crisis Network. And Jay Seculo, chief counsel for the American Center for Law and Justice. Welcome back, both of you. Uh, I don't even know. How do you how do you even justify if that doesn't prove how this is all politicized? I don't know how anything will prove it, Jay. Well, this is, of course, we just put this in the context of the fact that just a week ago, the Department of uh, the ACLU lawyer arguing on behalf of the Immigration Rights Project said that if the executive order that the president signed uh, dealing with uh, the immigration and refugee status was signed by uh, President Clinton, it would be constitutional. But it's not constitutional because it's signed by President uh, Trump. I mean, this is the nature of so it's exactly the same thing. So they are skewing everything through the eyes of whatever this president does cannot be correct. Thus, whatever you ask, whatever question you put forward, whatever hypothetical, you're going to get, it's good for her, Hillary Clinton, yes, Donald Trump, no, period. That's and, 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 Carrie, if you look at the legal standard, it's gross negligence. If you look at the FBI director and what he said when he went on laying out a stinging indictment for 13-plus minutes and then said, but never mind, uh, he repeatedly used the words extremely careless. Do you see any difference between the words gross negligence and extremely careless? 
I think if you asked me to define it in, in layman's terms, that's exactly how I would have defined it. I mean, there's no question. And if you look at the Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein's letter, he lays out exactly why he's done it. And she she pointed, she said, well, if he dumped it when he came into office, it did fine. Well, Rosenstein did. He's the one who's, who uh, Comey was answering to in DOJ. And as soon as he came in, within two weeks, he had that on the president's desk saying, this is someone who needs to be out. So if it took them that long to confirm someone, that's the Democrats in the Senate fault for trying to hold up every confirmation they can. It's not, uh, it's not Donald Trump's fault that he couldn't get these, this guy out quicker, but he certainly deserved to be fired. And then, Jay, what about the reaction? And look, you've got a, a wide group of people, you know, any, everyone from Judge Lawrence Silberman, who served as the deputy attorney general even under President right. Ford back in the day and said it was improper, the FBI director and his actions and performance was improper. And he doubts the bureau will ever completely recover or You know, Eric Holder, for crying out loud, who served as the deputy attorney general under Bill Clinton, attorney general under Obama, saying that the director's decision was incorrect and violated longstanding justice principles that would negatively affect public trust in both the FBI and the State Department. I mean, all of all of these things come out and and it goes on from there and Mukasey and and so many others, you know, a broad, you know, group of 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 career Justice Department people all saying the same thing for different reasons, and that Comey had to go. And then you look at the way this is being handled in the media and politically by, you know, we just heard from Maxine Waters, and you would think that this is the worst thing that's ever happened, and they're trying to make these ridiculous comparisons to the Saturday Night Massacre. Yeah, well, the fact is, this is no Saturday Night Massacre. This was an attorney, uh, uh, FBI director that was trying to act like an attorney general, an FBI director who gave a statement that was incorrect under oath to the House and Senate, had to correct his testimony again, and the president said enough after the recommendation from the attorney general and the deputy attorney general. But let's not forget for a moment why it took place. It took place because the false testimony again from James Comey. So James Comey created his own problem here. He completely abused the office. He went way outside of his jurisdiction. He started it last year, and this became all about James Comey, so he's out. And when you got Maxine Waters and Chuck Schumer saying, oh, this is horrendous, they, and Harry Reid, they called for his head. They called for his head in October of last year. Let's not forget that. Well, let's, pl- let's play no, some no of this so here. that we can remind people the things that the Democrats have said over and over again as it relates to how bad Comey is and how he's not up to the job. I'm sure a lot of you may be asking what this new email story is about and why in the world the FBI would decide to jump into an election with no evidence of any wrongdoing with just days to go. I am sure they will reach the same conclusion they did when they looked at my emails for the last year. There is no case here. We're asking the FBI director, okay, you violated these two protocols. If you put out kind of a a letter and then had to do a second letter to kind of backtrack, you owe the public full information. That kind of an ambiguity bomb this close to election was a terrible lapse in judgment. He's got a big burden of proof, so to speak, on him for why he did what seems to be such an appalling act that goes against the tradition of prosecutors at every level of government. It was, when I heard about it, I, I, I found it hard to believe that Comey, who I thought had some degree of integrity, would do this. Well, it's obvious he was a partisan in all this. Comey? Yeah, part of Comey, yes. It's obvious. There's information out there. He had it, I'm confident, and he ignored it. 
one of the biggest mysteries that people think exists. Why didn't he do something? No, there's no mystery to me. I agree with Eric Holder. I think here, um, Director Comey made a grave mistake. We, we all make mistakes, but this is a grave mistake. Uh, Mr. Comey, who, you know, Democrats supported um, when he came in, he has a wonderful record in the past, has really not just leveled an October surprise, I call it an October betrayal of long-standing FBI protocol and Department of Justice protocol that you don't weigh in with something like this a few days away from an election. My confidence in the FBI director's ability to lead this agency has been shaken. When uh, the director of the FBI, Mr. Comey, uh, released that letter two Fridays ago, he became the leading Republican political operative in the country, wittingly or unwittingly. Wittingly or unwittingly, what he did was wrong. So this is like a Molotov cocktail just thrown into a very explosive arena. Shouldn't have done that. I, I mean, Jay, you know, Harry Reid says yep. he should be fired. Schumer says he lost yep. faith in, in Comey. M- Pelosi says he's not right for the job. Um, all of these Democrats attacking him. And now all of a sudden, and as the president said, I would have thought both sides would be happy considering both sides hated him. Yeah. So, you, you know, it was also interesting. If Barack Obama would have said, would have terminated James Comey when he intervened in the election, the people on the left would be saying, yay. What a great idea this was. This should have happened. But he did not. So now you have this cumulative effect of miscues by James Comey, inaccurate statements, falsehoods, poor leadership, not directing, and the president gets the final straw when he talks to his deputy attorney general, his attorney general, that this is not a salvageable situation. And then Comey has to correct once again his testimony. And that's it. And the president has the authority to do it. He exercises authority. There is no constitutional crisis this is a dc manufactured nonsense and there's zero evidence and i think this gets to the the heart of everything carrie uh, severino have you seen evi- any evidence whatsoever of collusion between the trump campaign or the trump transition uh, team and russia which the media keeps oh. going off oh this is related to the russia investigation they're just trying to bootstrap their way into talking about a story that was rightfully dying here. And really, the bigger story here is this: it's part of this general attack on the rule of law. As you were saying, it's, it's one standard for me and another standard for thee. And they've been doing this in every issue possible, and it happens in the courts all the time. It's happening with some of these activist judges they've got on there uh, in, yep. in the courts looking at, at executive orders now. You, you've got to have a system that applies equally to both parties, and the Democrats don't want that right now. That's, that's an attack on our rule of law. Yeah, well, I agree, and I agree wholeheartedly here. What about, do you have any issues whatsoever, Jay Sekulow, when the president said in this interview with Lester Holt that he asked Comey, well, am I under investigation? Yeah, no. And, 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 and the president was told by James Comey that he wasn't. So, again, where's the news on this? James Clapper, no evidence of this. Sally Yates, no evidence of this. There's no evidence because there is nothing. But this is, as Kerry said, this is just, this is to keep fodder going for no reason. And in one sense, the president... By taking the bold action and getting rid of James Comey, probably extended the length of that Russian investigation, which was going nowhere and will go nowhere. It may take longer to go nowhere now because there'll be new people coming in. But that was he did something because it was to the best interest of the country, not to himself. All right, guys, appreciate it. 
Putting America and Americans first. Now there's a novel idea. You're on the Sean Hannity Show. Bottom of the hour, we'll check in with Ann Coulter. We'll get her always unique take on what is happening with the insanity of the left and their complete and bitter and utter meltdown and tinfoil hack conspiracy theories and the president firing James Comey. But in the meantime, let's get to our phones. We say hi to Mike is in Indiana. Mike, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, great. Uh, thanks, Sean. How you doing? I um, I, I have the clearance since about 1985, and, and a lot of this is disturbing to me in that um, – well, first off, the president really needs to take the initiative and start throwing some bowling balls back at back at his, his detractors. And if you've ever tried to catch a bowling ball, try to imagine catching about ten. So one of one of the things that he could do right off the bat, and which has never been done, is to start to remove clearances of former cabinet members, specifically the DCI, the former um, CIA director Director Brennan, all those people that were possible leakers. That one girl that came out on TV saying, "Hey, don't forget to pull all that information in." Uh, the, all those clearances need to go, and that will really start to impact. That, that'll send such an earthquake through D.C. because it's never been done before. These people are on, I mean, because I've, I've dealt with the contracts, they are on very high-dollar contracts. We're, we're talking, they're billing out at three, four hundred k at least. So you start pulling. Why is the government paying these people these absorbent amounts of, of money in the form of contracts instead of hiring people? Well, because they're graybeards. They've got a lot of knowledge, so... You know, it may, just makes sense. I mean, the former deputy director. Now, now, as far as the unmasking, I mean, we've had such a, a high increase in unmasking. Most likely, in fact, almost undoubtedly, it's gone to the top. So, how, how what's the next bowling ball that the president could really throw? And and that would be to to consider or at least float pardoning Obama for anything dealing with unmasking of of um, citizens, which would be each one of those unmaskings and then selling. You know, having it go to the uh, out in public sphere is a, is a felony. So just to say, hey, you know, we're going to put this to bed. No, you know, President Obama, we, we appreciate his service, but, you know, we're not going to allow this to, to ruin him. What you do right there is you freeze that asset. That he becomes asked. He's now radioactive. And well, I don't he, think I, I look, I, I think they're going to try and keep but Republicans. You got to remember, they don't have the stomach for this and they never fight to the extent that they should. I mean, what should also happen is Hillary should we should have a, an opening of her investigations again. Uh, I believe she committed multiple felonies. I think her grand jury ought to be convened. And if there's equal justice under the law, she would be convicted. And then well, I guess the president, this has nothing to do with the president. The president even expressed that, you know, he doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. But at the end of the day, he could make a decision if he wanted to, to pardon her. But the reality right, is if we stop. have equal justice under the law, she's going to, we're going to have a grand jury. If we have equal justice under the law and equal application of our laws, then she's going to be in trouble. But anyway, I appreciate the call. Joe and Ella J, we got 30 seconds, Joe. We want to give it to you. Go ahead. John, you're the greatest. I'll tell you what, you're the best You're the best supporter of Donald Trump in the country, and I totally agree with him on firing Comey, but I just want to say everybody needs to know, Sean, you are the greatest. You're the best supporter of Donald Trump in the country, and we all really appreciate you down in our county. We went 81% for Trump. Here in LJ. Wow. Joe in LJ did his job, I'll tell you that. All right, Big Joe. Appreciate it, my friend. 800 941 Sean is on number. All right, we got to take a quick break. Ann Coulter, when we get back, we'll get her take on the firing of James Comey 
And we have a lot more at the top of the next hour. Rick Unger and Jonathan Gillum. And then we'll check in with Chris Kobach, the Secretary of State of Kansas. And he is now part of a newly formed commission on election integrity. Good. Maybe we'll stop trying to influence Israel's elections. And maybe we'll actually stop having voter fraud. Quick break. Right back as we continue Sean Hannity Show. A little whiff of fascism tonight, I think it's fair to say. Absolutely. A little, wish, a, wh- a little whiff of, I don't care about the law, I'm the boss. All right, that whiff of fascism. First, it was all during the Obama years. Dog whistles, dog whistles. You oppose Barack Obama. It's a dog whistle of racism among the conservatives in this country. Well, now anything Trump does, it's a whiff of fascism, even though the president has every right to fire the FBI director. And in this case has multiple reasons to do so, of which we have chronicled in great depth here on the show. Here to give us uh, her take on it, Ann Coulter, author of the best-selling book, and Trump We Trust, E Pluribus Awesome. And uh, welcome back to the program. And what is your initial reaction to all of the uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy theories, Russia, 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 and the whiff of fascism comments by the media? Um, the media are really propping this guy up, I think, at this point. I get annoyed with the emperor god Trump now and then, as you may have noticed from my Twitter feed, on the fact that we are not yet build- building the wall. And then the media come along and are so corrupt, so stupid, um, so in the pocket of the Democrats that you end up you know, taking the side of, of the emperor god again because you hate the media so much. And just to take one point... Um, which has been um, being recycled repeatedly on MSNBC today, uh, is is returning to this joke that Trump told during the campaign. I remember watching it live, and I laughed out loud when he said at that press conference, um, and, well, I should say, we all knew that Hillary was under investigation for all of those 30,000 emails that that somehow disappeared, and he's and Trump said, um, "Hey Russia, if you're listening, if you have those thirty thousand emails, um, I think the media would really reward you if you would if you would produce them." Um, so okay, it was funny. It was obviously a joke. But even okay, that's point one. It was a joke. Even if you are an earnest idiot liberal reporter and insist on taking that line seriously, what is it Trump was saying? Look, the, the, the Hillary's emails had already. Um, the the WikiLeaks stuff, that was gone, gone, gone. Um, Hillary destroyed the property of the United States. She doesn't, we have FOIA rules. We have, this is government property. Um, If Russia had them, they were in possession of stolen property that belonged to the citizens of the United States. And what Trump was saying is return it to their rightful owners. Both you and Hillary are in possession of something that belongs to the citizens of the United States. But this is... This is what they're hanging their hat on here. And, uh, you know, I'd add that to show how stupid the media are, these, these FOIA laws, this isn't part of the Constitution. Those were fought for in order to provide the sunshine laws. This was after Watergate and the Church Commission in order to have transparency in government. And those are the laws Hillary is just trashing. Oh, yeah, of course, there's, um, we're transparent. And, of course, there are all these FOIA laws, but they don't apply to us. We're the Clintons. You know, but let's go back first to the analogy that is falsely being used here, and that is that this is a comparison to Watergate. And there's nothing comparable to the Saturday Night Massacre and the firings as a, well, that what happened in the Saturday Night Massacre when they refused to fire Archibald Cox 
And just the direct opposite happened. No, I know, but this this obsession with Watergate and Nixon, oh, for Pete's sake, it's like... uh, it's harder to argue against a stupid argument than a smart argument. It reminds me of when I first started going on Politically Incorrect on um, ABC when Mars show, I guess, first started. Um, and you'd be on with some bimbo actress who would come up with something that you, you, know, you just didn't bring your notes for. Um, you know, how is a simile different from an elephant? I don't even know where to begin with that. Give me something that's in the ballpark. Um, It's the FBI director. The president has a right to fire him. I'm a little annoyed with Trump. If you want to be annoyed with him, um, well, number one, um, miles of wall built today, zero. Miles built since inauguration, zero. Um, There are plenty of reasons to be annoyed with him. And in this thing, you know, we... We thought we were getting a badass. How about he just, you know, from the beginning, from the get-go, come out and say, um, yeah, I thought he was doing a terrible job. He allowed um, the San Bernardino um, shooter into the country. His FBI agents investigated Omar Mateen and cleared him weeks before he shot up um, the, the, the gay nightclub in Orlando. Um, and there was the three interventions into the election where Hillary wasn't being investigated and she was being investigated and then she wasn't being, being investigated. So twice Comey came out to help Hillary and once he came out against her, which Democrats have been hanging their hat on. But there are plenty of reasons to fire this guy. Um, so, so go ahead and do it and just claim credit and don't say it was Sessions and Rosenstein. But that's a pretty minor complaint compared to the total absolute hysteria in the media right now again they, they keep every time he annoys you they bring you back to his side you know we've gone over all of the failings and you mentioned some of the you, you mentioned uh, uh hassan in the case of the fort hood shooting he actually they knew that he said that he that wanted to protect Comey. okay but i'm saying the fbi failures omar mateen was 100 percent. that was Comey. the pulse the nightclub in orlando Dino yeah shooting 100 percent Comey. he's an utter incompetent um, he's going and giving these statements to, to, to congressional investigators and public hearings. I mean, it's one of the things normal people hate about, um, and as you know, I'm a big fan of, of police and investigators, but about prosecutors where they, you know, publicly try someone, get their name muddied up in the media, and never actually bring charges. I mean, okay, they're, they're, they're hysterical right now about Trump. Um, asking Comey or and more Comey telling telling Trump um, that he was not personally under investigation. But what if he hadn't what if he didn't know that? Is he never allowed to fire the FBI director because he can never find out whether he's being personally investigated? Well I think the thing that we've got to ask ourselves here is okay, the one law that we know was broken was against General Michael Flynn as he was incidentally right. surveilled en masse and of course the illegal felony committed against the Espionage Act when they leaked the information. The other crimes we know that were committed by Hillary Clinton, you know, the fact that he gives a 13-minute monologue defining why she should be indicted and basically using the exact legal terminology of gross negligence by talking about recklessness on her part. So, and then he comes up with no explanation for that, and nobody would ever in good conscience bring this to trial. Well, tell that to the guy that's sitting in jail because he took six pictures inside of a submarine, uh, for crying out loud. For a year, he's, he's in jail, and she moved the entire site, 
you know, so to avoid congressional oversight in a mom and pop shop bathroom and deleted 33,000 emails. Now, these are not felonies. I don't know what are. And and obviously this guy's got some bizarre back and forth political agenda, some sense of self-importance that I can't quite put my hand on. Always the issue. I mean, we have the three branches of government, and the most powerful branch is the fourth, the media, which is why right now. Um, <laughs> You're very calm today, are, by the way, Coulter. I'm not used to you being this calm. Um, it's so insane. You know, I'd like to be uh, uncalm, but the only thing I want to be uncalm about is when are we going to start the wall? <laughs> Well, I, I got your point. I, look, I'm pretty confident, and I actually give the president higher grades than you, but I know where your priorities are. I know that this is issue one, two, three to, to a thousand, so I yeah. get it. But I'm pretty confident the wall's going to get done. I've asked the president repeatedly if he's going to build it, if it's going to be a physical barrier, if he's backed off at all. And I'm a little ticked off that during the continuing resolution debate, Congress didn't fight because they don't want to get blamed for a shutdown and actually fund aspects of the wall. But with that said, I know the progress that's being made, the plans that have been made up, and I'm pretty confident it's going to happen. But it's not soon enough. I get it. No, that's right. And I just consider all these other little things as just a distraction from both the Republican and the Democratic Party do not want to build a wall. They want to keep dumping low-wage workers on the country. I was shocked to see one of my favorite senators, Senator Johnson, has introduced a bill to dump what, half a million more low-wage workers on the country? Does anyone in Washington care about the working class in America? I mean, Trump does, but he has the entire Washington bureaucracy against him. And it is for that reason that both political parties are going to keep staging these utterly fake scandals. I mean, just to start with the Russia one to begin with, can any liberal explain to me what their theory is of what happened? Well, I mean, there's no evidence, and I played it again and again. I don't but think I need to... But even if there were evidence, as I wrote in a column a few weeks ago... It's not a crime. These great spy masters in Russia, the one thing they can do well, they can't, or could not, for 50 years, feed their people. The one thing they could do is spy. And their idea is, number one, they want Trump to be the president, and number two, the way they will accomplish this is by publishing emails showing that Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the Democratic National Committee were out to screw Bernie Sanders. That's the plan? I mean, talk about a rim shot. No spy would go for that. Even an idiot spy, even someone, a spy working for the Republican National Committee wouldn't say, well, we know what the results of that will be. The results could well have been, as I think you, many of us thought was going to be, was going to happen at some point during the campaign, that the Democrats would go to Hillary and have a come-to-Jesus moment saying, you can't run, you're damaged goods, I'm sorry, feminists, but you're going to have to... You're going to have to take one for the team. We're running Joe Biden, who obviously would have been a tougher candidate. I still think Trump would have won. Um, but that is a much better play for the Democrats, as they did with Torricelli um, and Lautenberg. <laughs> yeah, remember Lautenberg? Yeah. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll come back more with Ann Coulter. Her book, In Trump We Trust, E Pluribus Awesome. We'll get to some of the other questions of the day for her. Up next, our final roundup and information overload hour. As we continue with Ann Coulter, author of the best-selling book, and Trump We Trust, E Pluribus Awesome. All right, so let me ask you this. As the left now becomes more and more unhinged, and even you mentioned your buddy Bill Maher, um, there is a, a desire of some conservatives to shut down idiots like Bill Maher. I can't stand the guy. And he makes an incest joke about Ivanka Trump. 
or if you can even call it a joke, or Stephen Colbert's now radical meltdown every night, which basically Trump has resurrected his flailing career and, and those of his, what, 50, 100 writers that he's got employed. Um, I happen to believe that we as conservatives, we're more likely to be shut down because these boycotts against conservatives are designed to silence our voices. And if, if conservatives get involved and they go after Bill Maher, if you remember back in the day with Politically Incorrect, it's bad for everybody. Um, no, it's always been conservatives on the side of free speech, um, whether self-interested or out of principle. And in fact, when Maher got dumped from ABC, it was all conservatives who... who it was me, you, thought. Rush, that defended that idiot. Liberals went, went running for the, for the hills on that one. Yeah, of course, it's part of our long Anglo-Saxon tradition, the idea that in the battle of of ideas, the truth will emerge. Uh, the one thing I loved about, you reminded me, I only saw this clip online, the Stephen Colbert <laughs> announcing that Trump had fired Comey, and the entire audience applauded. His face fell. No, no, no. We're supposed to love Comey now. We hated him last week. It's, it's stunning. It's, it's straight out of 1984. We were at war with East Asia, but now they're our friends. And, 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 <laughs> and you're just constantly, we have always been at war with, with, with East Asia. It's the two minutes hate with Emmanuel Goldstein, and you can get really stupid people ginned up to hate a particular person. That's all these audiences rely on. I do wish they would go back to doing humor and not long strings of epithets in in lieu of humor. But to summarize where we are now, okay, for the Russia conspiracy collusion, we do have some evidence of it with Obama and that hot mic type um, tape where he he told Medvedev, um, don't worry, we'll be able to work this out after the election. We have some evidence of it with Hillary uh, giving all of these uh, productive uranium reserves, what, 25% to the Russia Russians in exchange for a massive donation for the Clinton to the Clinton Foundation. We have no evidence of it with Trump, nor do they even have a, a plausible theory. It's just Russia is the only thing they could come up with. I mean, I guess it's better than Canada, but the whole thing doesn't make any sense. And now Trump has fired the FBI director. Um, the only mistake he made was, in my opinion, not just saying, I'm a badass, I fired him, and trying to, oh, this just bubbled up from Japan. Department of Justice, but so what? Big deal. Um, and I think we're going to be hearing Watergate, Watergate, Watergate um, every week until <laughs> until the end of of Trump's term, however long that way may be. I hope it's eight years, and it will be if he builds the wall. Boy, you know, when I say it's issue one through a thousand, I really ought to be saying it's issue one through a million for you. And by the way, I totally agree with you, and you've been at the forefront of it all, and, and I give you a lot of credit for uh, your strong position, and I think it has to happen, just like vetting has to happen just like the tax cuts have to happen, just like energy independence has to happen yeah, and a new tax plan. Yeah, but stuff will happen with or without Trump as long as Republicans have a majority. Trump no, they won't. Republicans the are weak. the world on immigration, and it's moments like this, it's weeks like this, when the media is using their vast power to destroy him over nothing, that he should be reminded how much he needs his base. No one can touch him as long as he has his base. All he has to do is keep his promises, and his promises, what they weren't, they weren't chanting at those rallies, cut taxes. They weren't cutting 
give us cheap labor. They weren't even chanting end Obamacare. They were chanting build right. the wall because they know no one else will do it. Ann Coulter, thank you. We appreciate it. All the best. Always love having you. When we come back, we have our news roundup information overload, all the other issues of the day. We'll check in with Jonathan Gillum and our good friend Rick Unger. And uh, also at the bottom of the hour, Chris Kobach. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right, news roundup information overload hour here on the Sean Hannity Show. So Jake Tapper over at CNN, one of the lowest rated hosts in cables. I feel bad for him. I mean, and he desperately wanted my attention last night. So he tweets out a picture on a segment we did about the unhinged late night host. We've been talking about Colbert and we mentioned Kimmel. And I think the worst of them all is Bill Maher, which we mentioned in the last half hour with Ann Coulter. So we had up a graphic that said unhinged late night hosts. And it's my face. And the graphic, and he thought he was really cute. He thought he really got a good sting in against me because, oh, Hannity, late night host. The only problem is CNN recently tried poor Jake Tapper out in late night, almost the same hour as me. And Jake Tapper failed miserably like he has been failing in his hour on CNN. Now, then I went on to ask Jake Tapper. I said, hey, uh, Jake, uh, let me ask you a question. First, thank you for tuning in to Real News uh, and by the way, what did WikiLeaks say about your employer at CNN? And then I said, do you think the attacks against Ivanka Trump are unhinged? Now, let's just take a trip down memory lane and Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert and Samantha Bee and Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar. And I'm not going to play Bill Maher because it's so detestable. But here's the montage. I know you guys are a lot of you are here on vacation, but it was yet another crazy day in the United States of America. Donald Trump, who maybe you haven't heard is president now. A few hours ago, he fired James Comey, the director of the FBI, which is kind of like O.J. firing Judge Ito halfway through the trial. (laughs) He fired the director of the FBI while the director was investigating his people, the possible collusion with uh, Russia. This is unbelievable. This is the kind of thing dictators do. This is the kind of thing reality TV hosts do. They fire someone every week. Maybe that's what happened. He thinks he's still on The Celebrity Apprentice. It was between James Comey and Meatloaf. And, well, the loaf won again. Huge story that broke just minutes ago, like less than 10 minutes ago. FBI Director James Comey has just been fired by Donald Trump. Wow. Huge, huge Donald Trump fans here tonight. That's, that shows no gratitude at all. Man. I mean, what, did Trump forget about the Hillary emails that Comey talked about? I mean, uh, thanks for the presidency, uh, Jimmy. Now, don't let the door hit you where the Electoral College split you. Newsflash! Most of us love our democratic norms more than we hate the other team, President Ding Dong. This isn't partisan. I don't like James Comey. Nobody does. You either think he lost Hillary the election, or you think he's the reason she's not locked up. Comey's a bit of a turd. But at least he's an independent turd. Whoever Trump appoints next to lead the FBI, whether it's David Clark, Joe Arpaio, or Ivanka in a trench coat, they'll know that if they look too hard at Trump's Russia connections, they'll be out. This president has wiped his ass with the Constitution so many times, the National Archives started leaving passive-aggressive notes asking him to chip in for toilet paper. When POTUS shot off an insulting infantile tweet during Hannity's show, as usual, we were just relieved it wasn't a whole tweet storm. Just one tweet? Gosh, that's practically presidential. That's where we are. The president is meeting with a war criminal, Putin's playing space hockey, and the press secretary is hiding in some shrubbery. 
As I'm sure you've heard by now, President, what is his last name? Trump. President Trump yesterday said adios to James Comey, who was director of the FBI and also was in charge of investigating his campaign's relationship with the Russians. He fired the guy who was investigating him. You know, when we said Trump should act more presidential, we probably should have specified we didn't mean Nixon. We... <laughs> Uh, Donald Trump eventually did send a letter, quote, while I greatly appreciate you informing me on three separate occasions that I am not under investigation, I nevertheless concur with the judgment of the Department of Justice that you are not able to effectively lead uh, the Bureau. Did you catch that? He's saying this is not about the Russia investigation in a letter firing Comey for the Russia investigation. That is clever. That is like carving your alibi on the murder weapon. <laughs> Hold on a second. Not Donnie's gun. I think the maid did it. Sad. Build the wall. Oh, you said that. It yeah. just feels like a coup. You know, first the whole Justice Department got, everybody got gutted, all of the things, these things got investing. gutted, and, and <laughs> it just, yeah, it just feels, and he's got all of the, the generals, it just feels kind of coupy. He's speaking to the uh, Russian Foreign yeah. Minister Lavrov and Ambassador Kis, uh, Kislyak, Kislyak, who is the one who's, uh, the one, he's the guy who um, Michael Flynn uh, got fired for yes. up to talking to him about possibly talking about sanctions. Yeah. And in the room there's trump talking to these russians and guess who's and the the, the russian press is there covering it yeah. and guess who's missing from that room the american press is they not were allowed they were, they were barred. barred from the room okay so all i'm saying in this lengthy speech which i hate to give is that this is a this is a treason to me this is un-american unpatriotic americans should be furious Anyway, joining us now, News Roundup and Information Overload, we have our good friend Rick Unger is back with us, as well as Jonathan Gillum, and thank you both for being with us. I mean, Rick, I, I just know you're a good guy, and I hate when you do this. I, I, I set it up, and most liberals don't comment. You know, I haven't heard from Hillary Clinton, the great champion of women's rights, or Dianne Feinstein, or Nancy Pelosi, but you and I both know that if there was any similar joke by Marr or any of these other people against any of the daughters of the Obamas, there would be a very different reaction, and it would be front-page news, and everybody would want them fired. Yeah. I, you know, look, I, as a general rule, I don't think anybody should be picking on family members or politicians. I guess the difference with Ivanka is she's now a politician herself. She's working in the administration. I can't sit here and tell you that she's done anything that bugs me. Uh, I think, if anything, she's been a more positive influence on this administration than most others. So... I don't have a beef with Ivanka. Okay, you don't have a beef with Ivanka doesn't have anything to do with what I just asked you. Why is it this this double standard existing, and why is it that all the champions of women's rights are silent? When you know, and I know, and Jonathan knows, and my whole audience knows, that if anything similar were said by any conservative or any, quote, comedian even, against the Obamas and their family and their daughters, which would be equally despicable— that it would be a public outcry and outrage, and these guys would probably be fired. Well, but you do have to keep in mind the distinction. If, if Ivanka were not working in the administration, I'd agree with you 100%. She does separate from, let's say, the Obama girls. 
the Obama girls were kids. They weren't working in anything. They're going to school. Ivanka has chosen to take a job in the government and a high-ranking job at that. So, so, so that opens you know, Ivanka Trump up to us. Incest joke? Supposed no. joke? No, and it shouldn't have opened her up. To and don't you think that, that it, it, under the same circumstances, if it was a, a liberal president, that the left would go insane? Well, I wouldn't like it if, even if it was a liberal president. But, you know, I don't know why we're just why we're not adding Jesse Waters to that list, who made a pretty foul joke at, at Ivanka's expense, too. No, according to him, he was just talking about our smooth jazz microphone. It was not as overt. There's at least a question in, in the issue. And I take him at his word. What is your take on that, Jonathan Gillum? Well, you know, <laughs> Rick, you know, I love you. And uh, I. Uh, I think Rick is partially right here, the fact that Ivanka, you know, is working in the White House. But, you know, Sean, I just think that um, the lack of respect for human beings in general in the media for people that they don't agree with has gotten to a point that uh, it's like uh, as raunchy as late night Cinemax or, you know, it's just terrible. And it's it shows the reality of who these people are. And again, Rick, I give you props because you're an effective thinker and you wouldn't stoop to this level. But these people, the liberals have to realize they don't they're not these people. They don't have your best interest at heart. People like Jake Tapper. Uh, could you imagine a show with Jake Tapper and Jeffrey Tubin? That would be like watching an hour of scratching your fingernails on the chalkboard. But these yeah, people but don't represent. Know, to be, to be fair, though, I don't disagree with that. They're Jonathan. just sim- they're just simply these people are just simply propagandists that are saying things to get people spun up. But you realize the same exact criticism can and is lodged against conservatives on television who make some pretty striking remarks of their own. It's but, but Rick, you never, hear, you never hear stuff like that coming out of conservatives. What's, what's incest that? Jokes, you never heard incest jokes coming out of when Bill Clinton was in office about Chelsea, about Barack Obama's No, no I, mean, I, I completely agree. Those kinds of jokes are way over the line. I don't care who's saying them. I just think it's a little bit unfair to indict everybody on one side, uh, because not everybody on television who's liberal are making incest jokes. So, you know, there were some, and it's wrong. You know, I I think there are effective liberal thinkers, but... But um, But I want to know this. Where's Hillary? Where is the grant? Isn't it time for a woman to be president? Runs on gender. I mean, every election season, Democratic uh, Democrats say they have a monopoly of compassion for women and Republicans are misogynist, etc. Where's Hillary? Where is Hillary Clinton? Where is where, Nancy Pelosi? Where, where's the great and profound thinker Maxine Waters? <laughs> where's what? The great and profound thinker Maxine Waters. Well, I mean, listen, any listen, Maxine can speak out and Dianne Feinstein can speak out and their silence is deafening. As we continue news roundup and information overload, two friends of ours, we have Rick Unger and Jonathan Gillum. All right. Moving beyond all of this, um, do either one of you have any doubt that the law is very clear that you cannot remove uh, classified information and put it on a server in a mom and pop shop? in a bathroom closet without it being illegal and that you cannot destroy emails the way Hillary did, some 30-plus thousand of them. Do any of you doubt, Rick Unger, do you doubt she committed any uh, multiple of felonies here? I feel like I just went into a time warp. Uh, the answer the answer is yes and no. No, you cannot put classified information on a personal server that's in a bathroom. However, it is not a strict liability crime, and so criminal intent is critical. 
Uh, the statute also says if you were grossly negligent that that could make it uh, a criminal intent, and that's something that has to be proven. So where I will agree that doing that is not something you can do and not something she should have ever done, uh, no, I can't tell you as a lawyer that it's a crime. Uh, I don't. It's so overwhelming and incontrovertible. But and James Comey even said so himself and laid out the case probably as strong as anybody. And the fact that she gets away with this, you know, means I think it goes to the heart of the whole investigation. You know, he used the term extreme carelessness. The legal standard, Jonathan Gillum, is gross negligence. If that's not enough, I don't know what it is. Nobody will ever get indicted if if you're going to parse words to that extent. You know, Sean, gross negligence is the minimal thing that she's done. And I think uh, that there's plenty of evidence to show that uh, there was nefarious intent here because any of the stuff that the Clinton Foundation did where the State Department associated with the Clinton Foundation, um, I think that shows intent to uh, make deals with foreign entities or businessmen, uh, business people. And I think when you look at the information that was kept, the information that was not found, the blackberries that were destroyed, that shows intent. You, you, look, I worked in the federal government for over You mean the ones that were destroyed, destroyed with a hammer? Yeah, you don't. <laughs> yeah, but guys, that's quite a stretch to say that unless you've seen some of that stuff yourself and you're aware of the actual evidence to suggest that somebody was doing it to make deals with foreign governments, I suppose you could be right, but you can't just pull that out of anywhere. Well, why does she, well, how does she say publicly that she was emailing Bill Clinton, who doesn't have an email, as a reason for deleting 33,000 emails? Do you actually imagine that Bill Clinton doesn't have an email? That's what Bill Clinton's people say. Uh, I don't. Do you believe so one that? Of them is, one of them is lying, an and, and Bill Clinton was pretty adamant, and his people were adamant he doesn't email. Rick, well, I'll tell you what, if Bill Clinton doesn't have his own email, which I would find shocking, you can be sure that his assistant does and passes them right along. I mean, I just look, you know, I'm I'm, I'm just going to tell you the way I've always said it. Jonathan knows. I think he was on my show the night I said that I thought the case that Comey made would probably be ample evidence for a prosecutor to bring the second degree uh, case, the gross negligence case. Because as you just correctly said, what were the words that he, that he used? It was... Well, he said it was extreme carelessness, yeah, but extreme the standard legally is gross is, is gross, negligence. gross negligence. Yeah, so I thought that there could have been ample evidence to bring that. I think it was a misdemeanor prosecution, uh, and I still think that, actually. I'd All have right. well, that's the evidence, but look, you have to that, look at the totality of the circumstances. I know you know that word. When you look at all the things that the Clintons have done, and then you add into that the information that was put into their home, the blackberries that were destroyed, there's intent there. I just, you know, it, it, when they do murder investigations... By the way, Rick, Rick Unger, the, Unger knows this, Jonathan, because he knows I'd be in jail. He knows he'd be visiting me. He'd probably enjoy visiting me because he'd get a <laughs> kick out of it. Hannity in a jumpsuit. Hannity in, a, in an orange jumpsuit or Hannity in a black and white pinstripe suit. Hey, you'd look good. You'd look good. Yeah, see? And, you, um, and at least Jonathan would bring a, a cake with a file this? in it, and you would bring me nothing. You wouldn't even why put money in the commissary for me, would you? <laughs> hey, uh, Sean, I just want to say one thing. I, you know, I'm traveling around the country right now doing my, my Facebook Live show, the experts all over the place, and I'm in touch with people. I'm talking to people, and they, they this is just a normal American citizen. They see 
exactly they, they get what it. investigators that I've talked to have seen. They That's why the media is going to end up, they've so overplayed their hand that it's not going to go anywhere. All right, got to let you guys go. When we come back, Chris Kobach is now beginning the process. A new commission has been formed by the president to look into voter fraud. We'll get into that and your calls in the next half hour straight ahead. Holding them accountable. Sean gets the answers no one else does. America deserves to know the truth about Congress. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. We'll get to a few of your calls here in just a few minutes. Some news out of this interview with Lester Holt from earlier today. And, you know, it's getting pretty interesting, especially as it relates to the media and how they they spin things and what they say about things. Um, And I think probably one of the more interesting aspects of this is in this interview with Lester Holt, the president said that the FBI chief, you know, was a showboat. He revealed, yeah, he asked, am I under investigation? I actually asked him if I was. I said, well, if it's possible, can you let me know? And I know I'm not under investigation that he told Holt uh, at that point. He said he's a showboat, a grandstander. And the FBI has been in turmoil. We've talked about there's no equal justice under the law because we know of the many felonies that were committed by Hillary Clinton. And he said he never tried to pressure Comey into dropping an FBI probe and insisted, I want to find out if there was a problem in the election having to do with Russia. Oh, that's that's interesting. And he was asked by Holt if firing Comey was to try and send a message to lay off he said absolutely not if russia did anything i want to know he said trump also insisted there's no collusion as we now know because there's no evidence james clapper and rogers and even comey himself have not alluded to any evidence and in the case of clapper and rogers said there's no evidence whatsoever anyway you know so it just raises a whole bunch of questions that need to be answered Um, There is an interesting development today. The president announced the issuance of an executive order forming the Presidential Commission on Election Integrity. And he and the vice president named as the individual to get into this and to look into all of this, Chris Kobach, who is the vice chair and he's the Kansas secretary of state who joins us now. And uh, how are you, sir? Uh, Great, Sean. Great to be with you. Secretary Kobach, is there any evidence that you've seen that shows any collusion between either the Trump team or the transition team? Well, as Secretary of State of Kansas, uh, I have not seen any of that. Of course, you know, I, I have only my limited scope that I could speak for, but no, certainly I haven't seen that. All right. So tell us about the executive order that establishes the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity. So what this order does is something that's never really been done before, and that is establish a national, nationwide entity to collect data on the issue of voter fraud and election integrity. You know, I I have seen uh, examples in many cases of voter fraud in Kansas, and that's one of the reasons we adopted photo ID laws and proof of citizenship laws. But, uh, you know, I only see what's in my state, and other secretaries of state and election officials only see what's in their state. And this commission will gather data on a nationwide level and present facts to inform the debate and inform the public of, of, you know, how big this problem is, what the numbers are, and people can draw their conclusions, and we'll go where the facts lead us. Okay, but this goes back to many elections. I mean, remember the case in Philly at the polling place, and you've got guys with batons, and whatever came of that? Nothing. 
Yeah, that was a, a voter intimidation case, and the Bush Justice Department uh, started the process of prosecuting it, and then, as you're well aware, the Obama Justice Department uh, dropped the case when they came in. Yeah. All right, well, let me let me ask you this, because I think this is very important, as we, especially as we move forward in this investigation. You know, when I look at, for example, the, and you are, I guess, the vice president's the chairman of the commission. Now, it's going to be composed of a dozen members, including the current and former secretaries of state yeah so there'll be uh, roughly half the commission members will be secretaries of state it'll be a bipartisan commission uh so you know we're going to take a balanced look at it and you know we want to produce facts that people can say look this, here are the numbers uh, in terms of this particular type of voter fraud and you know we can draw our own conclusions i'm sure there will be some people who no matter how big the numbers are will say well there's not enough voter fraud to do anything about it but those of us whose job it is to secure our elections we will have valuable information that can shed light on what should be done in our respective states. You know, have you been following the story of what happened in Israel where we know that President Obama used State Department money and he was working against and trying to influence the elections in Israel against our number one allied country and the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu? And I see the left all up in arms over the issue of influencing elections and the possibility that the Russians might have tried to influence our elections. Uh, isn't this something, as our law enforcement and security agencies have said, they've tried to do many, many times in the past? Why is it only getting attention now? Well, that's a, that's a great point. And, of course, uh, there was the Brexit vote, too, where uh, President Obama issued, you know, offered his opinion on who should win. You know, that, I mean, that's one thing that, that leaders do of different countries, sometimes uh, uh, in, in a way that doesn't seem appropriate. Sometimes they're asked an innocent question and they, they give an answer about their opinions. But, you know, we're going to be looking in this commission at, 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 you know, the hard facts of the cases. For example, one thing that's never been done before is, and we have asked, Kansas, uh, in Kansas, we asked the Obama administration, can we please bounce our voter rolls against the uh, list of known aliens in the United States? The federal government knows of millions of legally present aliens who have green cards and temporary visas. We've never been given any access to that information to see how many of those people happen to be registered in Kansas or happen to be registered in you name the state. And for the first time, we'll be able to do that and we'll have some hard numbers. You know, every year elections come and go and every year voter fraud issues come up and there's even books written about it, like by John Fund and others. And every year, nothing ever gets done. I mean, how how broad an investigation are you talking about? For example, illegal immigrants have proven that they voted. We don't know the exact numbers, but we know there are instances where people that are not legally citizens of this country have voted. Yeah. In fact, we just prosecuted a case in Kansas. My office has uh, the authority to prosecute voter fraud. We prosecuted a case last month of an alien who voted multiple times. Okay. So how come these, these things keep happening? And what do you think the best way is to deal with the lack of integrity as it relates to the voting system? Well, my opinion in in Kansas, based on the threats we face, is I think I think uh, proof of citizenship at the time of registration is an important step that states may wish to take. I, I think it's a good step. The other states that have done so are Georgia, Alabama, and Arizona. Um, this exercise with that with the commission will present some facts and that facts those facts will inform the debate and other states may choose to do it or may they they may not choose you know one of the reasons sean you you know you see instances of voter fraud and then you don't necessarily see a big national shift in policy is uh our founding fathers kept elections decentralized and elections are run at the state level 
And I think that's a good thing. Now, that means that change happens slowly and it happens incrementally one state at a time in terms of the way we run elections. But the one thing that can help inform change is, uh, is data, hard numbers. And so that's what we're going to generate our, as much as we can, some hard numbers about the problem of voter fraud. All right. Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach, uh, vice chair of this new commission, uh, Presidential Commission on Election Integrity. We uh, we hope to hear your recommendations as soon as possible. And thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate your time. My pleasure, Sean. Take care. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Let's go to Elizabeth in Southfield, Michigan. Elizabeth, how are you? And welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. Hi, Sean. I want to talk about this filthy late night problem. You know, average Americans like me, you know, I used to like to sit up with my fiancé who's liberal and, and watch TV. I can't even do that anymore. You know, well, we'll argue. I don't think it's funny. I think it's disgusting. Isn't there something that can be done? I mean, it's so raunchy. You know, you like, I'll give you an example. I, and it's funny. So last <laughs> night we did a segment on it, and it was called Unhinged Late Night Hosts. And in particular, we were going over, you know, a so-called joke on incest against right. the president's daughter by Bill Maher. And Jake Tapper over at CNN, now I'm actually pretty happy that he's looking for real news and tuning into the Fox News channel, and we all know what WikiLeaks had to say about CNN. And then I asked Jake Tapper and on Twitter if he thinks the attacks against Ivanka Trump are unhinged because he was inferring I'm an unhinged late-night host. Now, the sad thing for poor Jake Tapper is, you know, he recently tried and failed miserably in in just an hour off of where my show is in late night. And he has one of the lowest rated cable shows in all of cable news today. I mean, he's, you know, he's frankly a horrible host and he's a bit unhinged. And he's one of these breathless reporting hosts, oh, oh, Trump, oh, 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 you know, and, you know, and all things Trump. And he's he obviously knows where his bread is buttered. So he's taking his talking points, you know. But the only thing I'd say is, you know, if Jake Tapper was the man of great integrity, why didn't he write back? Why didn't Jake Tapper say that the attacks against Ivanka Trump are over the top? Why didn't he answer? You know, he took his cheap shot. He took mm-hmm. his, you know, and I, I'm perfectly willing to, to fight Jake Tapper. I mean, he's mm-hmm. probably the biggest bore on television I've ever heard. I mean, and in real life, he's a bore. And he thinks he's Mr. You know, TV News. He's not. He's a, bi- big, he's, he's a biased reporter. And he spews propaganda and lies, and he wants to be loved by all of these other people in the media. I'm just not in that camp. I don't give a flying rip about these people. It's so awful that it's so boring. You can't even get a good laugh. I mean, you can't even enjoy yourself watching any of these bulldogs. Really? I mean, do it's we so really sad. want to start making Imagine I have another question for Jake Tapper. What if this were done during the Obama years? I bet Jake Tapper would have opened his big fat microphone that nobody's really watching or listening to. And he would have gotten on his high horse and with all sanctimony probably would have been out there and say this is outrageous. And therein lies the double standard and therein lies the hypocrisy and therein lies everything you need to know about the liberal media and and those that colluded like CNN with the Clinton campaign. But, you know, those are the times we live in. Anyway, Elizabeth, appreciate it. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, let's say hi to Stephanie is in El Paso, Texas. How are you, Stephanie? Doing very well. And you, Sean? I'm good. Thank you for calling. Um, I just wanted to tell you, I called. I, I, uh, I was listening to you the other day, and while, when you guys were talking about treat at the end of the program. I know. A little treat he went off to. 
you know, the next phase in her training as a service dog. Oh, I think that's so awesome, but it cracks me up because I'm actually a pet sitter, and wow. so I always listen to the program as I'm in my car driving between my clients' homes, but I also play it on my phone when I'm actually walking the dogs. Now, how many and, dogs do you walk at once? Uh, well, I usually, anywhere between one to four. Walking four, four dogs at once is, that's a chore. It's definitely, it's definitely exciting sometimes. Oh, I bet. But, um, Listen, I know people that, that have had dogs. While I was listening to you. Um, yeah, go ahead. She, she kept going crazy every time that you guys would say Treat's name. And uh, so she was jumping up and down, and she was kissing me, and she was barking. Yeah. So I realized that she was like, you were promising her treats that I had to to, to make good on. Oh, so, so, I, she, so Treat I was the trigger. Home. Yeah, and you left them home. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't bring any with me on that one because she usually doesn't have them on our walk. So I had to bring her back home, and I still had my phone playing. And still, even after I gave her one, every time you guys said treat, which was like every five seconds, she was barking and going crazy. So I just had to keep giving her more until I finally had to turn off my phone. Oh, boy. Well, first of all, it's great what you do. Look, I'll be honest. There's a part of me, 60% of these service dogs fail in their training. I'm shocked that treat has not been sent back to us by now. (laughs) <laughs> Treat is not a dog that behaves or listens very well, and, and Treat's got a lot more spirit than Moats, our last service dog, which, frankly, oh. I don't. I, I never saw a puppy lacking energy like Moats did. So I guess, and they wanted to use Moats to breed because of her temperament, which is doing nothing. So <laughs> I kind of like spirited dogs, not ones that bite, obviously, but spirited dogs yeah. that want to jump on you and play and, and be dog-like and have fun. <laughs> That's so. too funny. And how busy are you in this business? Oh, gosh. So it's kind of a feast and famine type job. So it can go from being pretty pretty lax to being absolutely jam-packed all day. So um, during the times like Christmas or the summer holidays, you know, you can be doing it from 7 in the morning till 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Well, that's it. And you make decent money on it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's my job. that I'm, I'm a full-time student in college. That's great. And, uh, Good for you. And so... Yeah, it's a it works perfectly well with that. And my husband, he it's it's definitely the supplementary income because of that feast and famine aspect. Because my husband works full time and he's a full time student as well. So, but we managed to make it work just fine. Well, listen, we appreciate you being with us. Good for you, and we're really, really proud of you. And anyway, eight hundred nine four one Sean. Uncovering evil and defending the truth. You're on the Sean Hannity Show. That's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, 10 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Democratic media hypocrisy, Comey's failures. You're going to get it all laid out before you so we can put this insane tinfoil hat conspiracies to to rest tonight, all of them. Ari Fleischer, Monica Crowley, Kellyanne Conway will join us. Also, we'll check in with Sarah Carter, Joe DeGeneva, the latest on surveillance, unmasking, and leaking of intelligence. We'll have liberal hypocrites, and we'll examine in detail just how unbelievably phony they are. all are. And we'll get into the very latest with whether or not Clinton should now be investigated with Pam Bondi. 10 Eastern Hannity tonight. Thanks for being with us. Back here tomorrow.
Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to four hundred bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com, free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream, they are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now, you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover brought to you by the Epic Times where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> 